from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. She indicated that the rebuild does not include a safety shelter. OSHA didn't find Amazon in April of this year because the warehouse um, was up to par in terms of building codes. To be fair, Amazon is not the only warehouse, like I said, in that area that doesn't have a storm shelter. So none of the other 30 large warehouses have one. I'm Elaine Shaw. Last December, an Edwardsville Amazon warehouse was hit by a tornado, taking six lives and destroying the building. We talk with Metro East reporter Will Bauer about what happened one year later. Will, remind us what happened in Edwardsville a year ago Saturday. Sure. So between 8 and 9 p.m., a tornado hit Edwardsville. It was determined to be in EF3 tornado, so that's on a scale from 0 to 5. So the National Weather Service says EF3 tornadoes, when they hit populated areas, um, they can, can they can cause severe damage, and that was definitely the case. Uh, so while it hit some neighborhoods in Edwardsville, the brunt of the damage came at an Amazon warehouse facility. And this part of town is kind of, you know, there's not a whole lot of populated areas around it. It's kind of just warehouses, and there's about 30 of them out there. But at this one Amazon warehouse facility, that's where the, the tornado went through. Uh, so there were 46 workers in the building, and when the tornado hit the buildings, and wall, uh, the building's uh, roof and walls collapsed, um, and six people died. So Saturday, December 10th, Mark, yeah, one year from that, devita- that devastating tornado hitting. Mm-hmm. And in what ways were the workers unprepared for what happened? Sure. And this is maybe something that we don't have a complete picture on what went down when the tornado came that night. Um, so some critics and, you know, uh, past employees and things like that have said they weren't prepared. Uh, maybe the, the fullest picture we have, but it is probably only, you know, half the side is a lawsuit filed against Amazon on behalf of one of the families of a, uh, one of the six employees that died. So that lawsuit alleges that, you know, warehouse management didn't properly monitor the severe weather like mm-hmm. they should have. They should have warned employees, gotten them to a safe, safer place in the in the building. It also uh, alleges that Amazon didn't evacuate the building um, and they didn't provide a proper space to shelter in. So whether that's completely true, partially true, completely false, you know, that's that's something for a trial to determine. So there are many facets still left to investigate. Yes. And so this trial is heading toward discovery, um, is what the lawyers uh, told me that are um, bringing this case against Amazon. So the next goal for them would be to uh, depose critical Amazon management in both Edwardsville and also Amazon management back in Seattle, where headquarters are based. So discovery takes a long time, but the lawyers for this particular case hope to be in trial by next year. Mm -hmm. Now, you were in Edwardsville on Friday at the site of the almost completed rebuild of the warehouse that was destroyed um, just this past December. Media were given 15 minutes each to talk with a single Amazon spokesperson, uh, Kelly Nuntel, and she indicated that the rebuild does not include a safety shelter, but that Amazon's taking other steps that involve employee training and hiring a meteorologist. What did she say when you asked her 
why the warehouse does not have a tornado shelter specifically. So there's there's many parts to this answer. Um, so like you said, of course, this one, this facility doesn't have one. Um, it will have a safe space, but not a specific storm shelter where uh, employees are supposed to go in future severe weather that doesn't have a window and it's you know theoretically the safest part of the building. Um, Amazon leases this building, so in this lease, the owner is required to get the building back to where it was before the tornado destroyed it. And it's maybe not necessarily that Amazon won't build a tornado shelter. They're just not currently doing it right now. So they're getting it back to where it was. So Kelly told me that it's a conversation being had. And part of the calculus is that Amazon has 800 facilities in North America. So if they had to put one in Edwardsville, do they need to put one in the other 799? Or maybe it's just, you know, storm shelters in the in the facilities that are in Tornado Alley or mm-hmm. in the South where tornadoes are becoming more common or they would probably also in the South have to worry about hurricanes too. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, there's not one, but it's not that there won't ever be one. And another part to this um, is that it's not required. OSHA, which is the oh, Occupational Safety Health Administration, if I got it's that right, mouthful, yeah. <laughs> is the kind of you know government agency that would determine rules and regulations for workplace issues. And OSHA didn't find Amazon in April of this year because the warehouse um, was up to par in terms of building codes. And to be fair, Amazon is not the only warehouse, like I said, in that area that doesn't have a storm shelter. So none of the other 30 large warehouses have one. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a little bit of a case of what must be done and what should be done. For sure. And on that note... Since your story went live, what is your sense of how people feel about Amazon's official statements? Because so much of what we're talking about, because Amazon is such a big company. How do people feel about official statements regarding what it's doing to ensure worker safety? I'm sure many would say that Amazon should be doing more. You know, they should have. You know, a lot of people would say, why couldn't they just put that shelter in? It's such a simple fix that should be on the top of their list. Um, but like you had, you had brought up earlier, Amazon would say, we haven't done nothing. Kelly, the, the spokesperson, did say that Amazon, Amazon has done training to make sure that each employee knows where to go specifically in the building during the next extreme weather event. Um, that information is now included on a company badge that each you know, each employee is given. She said managers are now better trained, you know, to how to how to coordinate people to get to the, the right area. And like you said, they hired a meteorologist to forecast events like this. So there can be some some warning ahead of time. And she said, Kelly, um, again, this spokesperson said that was extremely useful during the hurricane season in the southern part of the U.S. Okay. The, the news story, again, that you put out, um, and this kind of goes back to what I was getting at around must be done, should be done. Um, Part of the response to last year's tragedy, which not only destroyed a warehouse but took six people's lives, is new radios for the Edwardsville Fire Department. When the tornado hit last year, old radios without enough battery power apparently delayed more immediate first response. So new equipment addresses better management of dire situations, which is part of the fire department's job. And then when you spoke with Mary-Kate Brown, the deputy director of Madison County's Emergency Management Agency, uh, she said that her goal is to prevent, quote, a disaster like last December's from happening again. From what you're gathering in your reporting, Will, as well as what you've heard from government and corporate entities who is responsible for ensuring that a repeat 
does not in fact happen? It's a really interesting question. Um, Amazon is, of course, responsible for making sure their employees are equipped to make smart, safe decisions should something like this happen again. Uh, But the quality of the building, like we've kind of been talking about, may only be as good as it's required to be. So if the warehouse needs to be built with the storm shelter, that's a call for OSHA. International Building Code, which is uh, put forth by a, a, a governing body called the International Code Council, you know, that'd be experts in architecture and civil engineers and things like that. And then there's also the city can require a warehouse to be built um, with newer codes, which is the case this year that will improve the quality of the walls. Um, this year, the city of Edwardsville adopted new building codes, and those building codes will require that walls withstand 114 miles per hour of wind for a sustained three seconds. The old walls would have sustained 90 miles per hour of wind for three seconds. So lawmakers can also require change. Um, Cori Bush, the U.S. representative, the Democrat from St. Louis, she's introduced two pieces of legislation. Both have been introduced in the House in September and have not moved anywhere since. But the first one Um, is called the Workers' Safety and Climate Disaster Act, and uh, that prevents employees from being fired if they were to seek shelter during a storm. It also offers paid time off for when employees affected by a storm. Um, And the next is the Wind Safety Standard Act, and that requires OSHA, the Occupational Safety and what did I say? Health Place Administration. Did I get it right? (laughs) To create a minimum baseline that would protect, you know, employees um, inside a building. So maybe that would establish a storm uh, a storm shelter should be built um, in the case of another high wind event or like a hurricane. Um, so on the state side, there's also a bill that passed the Illinois House, and it funds a task force to study warehouse safety and make recommendations for lawmakers in the future to to write new legislation. And the lead sponsor of that is Katie Stewart. She's a Democrat from Edwardsville in the Illinois House, and she told me that she expects the Senate to pass it, and then hopefully the governor would sign it early next year in 2023. So I know that was a lot. Um, the simple answer to your question is there's probably a number of companies and governing uh, governing agencies that would all have a little teeny tiny part or bigger parts in some, you know, ensuring the, the lives and safety of, of Amazon warehouse employees and other workers. Right. So clearly there are a lot of details to be ironed out and a lot of logistics. Um, but when it comes down to it, people's lives were lost um, how were people that you spoke with um, feeling about that a year later? Yeah, it's definitely not lost on anyone. Um, the The fire chief, actually, I thought had some of the most interesting comments. Um, James Whiteford is his name. He's the fire chief in the city of Edwardsville. You know, he was thinking about, you know, what kind of impact this had on 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 my crew that I would have had out there, the men and women that I would have had out there working the fires. It was traumatic for some of his employees, you know, because they would have been dealing with and, and finding people who would have been severely injured, some of whom didn't make it, and they would have pulled them out of the rubble and tried to save their lives. And, you know, s- sadly, um, some people would have died. And, you know, it's not also, it's, it's not lost on Amazon too. I, they, they feel extremely bad. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a somber time for everyone. Right. Especially now with the ramp up in activity at the the warehouse, we did get a, a tweet from Evie, and you've partially addressed this. But she asks, you know, six people died, right? Why is there no storm shelter and the plans for the rebuilt facility, and how can Amazon possibly defend that decision? And clearly, 
um, whether it can stand on that does remain to be seen depending on what other parts sort of fall into place with uh, regulations and laws and that sort of thing. Now, we don't want to let you go before noting that you are, you're new to St. Louis Public Radio and you are our new Metro East reporter. You're now residing in Belleville and you most recently lived in Nebraska. What are your thoughts so far um, on the Metro East? Um, You know, we've covered something pretty serious here, but Overall, what's your feeling about being here? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. I've been on the job, I don't think, quite a month, maybe a month, something like that. I, I suppose I have zero concept of time. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm still a little learning the Metro East. I'm really liking it. Um, it'll take me a while to learn all the little towns um, out there. Well, I guess some of them are little. Of course, uh, some of them are, are probably more, you know, what you'd say medium-sized. But I'm slowly, slowly learning them. I'll soon be working out of the Belleville News Democrats office. We have a pretty good partnership with them where we, we share stories and resources and things like that. So I'm excited to to, to be out there a little bit more, learn the, learn the community, and hopefully uh, if anyone has any story ideas or they just want to meet, um, I'd love to get to know more people in the in the Metro East. So feel free to shoot me an email, send me a Twitter DM, things like that. Great. Thank you so much for being here today. This segment was produced by Elaine Cha. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.